your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheila and Zach coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings on Birds with friends. All I know is Zach said he has a game where Sheila don't read both 7,000 <laughs> And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. And so the yeah, purpose of, that's what of, I, really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. Hello and welcome to a Monday edition of Birds with Friends. I'm Sheila Kapadia, joined by Bo Wolf and Zach Berman. Many of you called for an emergency pod on Friday when the Eagles trade went down. But listen, you know, I've been getting on you about the ratings and reviews. And if I would have liked what I saw there, I might have been inclined to push these guys to do an emergency pod. But, uh, you know, if you, if you want the love, you got to show the love back. And so that's the, how I will start this podcast. Now, I, I get to be in the uh, host seat so I can push you around and uh, make you feel guilty, which is the uh, Indian parent way. And so uh, I will do that right now and say, you know, go go rate, review, and maybe next time there's some breaking news, we will do an emergency pod. But we are getting to this to you early on a Monday. We didn't want to do a YouTube show that, uh, you know, was was uh, conflicting with the Elite Eight Monday night. So uh, we've got a lot to get to. Uh, you guys know I don't really care uh, how you're doing. If you want to tell me later, that's fine. But I think we just got to go right to the Stone Cold Newsman to get the information out there, Z-Berm, with, with the trade. And then uh, we will dive right into this bad boy. The Philadelphia Eagles traded the number six overall pick in the draft, moving down to the number 12 pick in the process. They swapped a fifth rounder for fourth rounder, but most importantly, they added the 2022 first round pick. That was critical in this trade here, giving the Eagles up to three first round picks next year, depending on Carson Wentz's playing time. So uh, in a nutshell, Eagles moved down six spots, add the first round pick next year and go from and 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 go from the fifth round to the fourth round. So if you were upset that the Jannard Avery trade cost you a chance to follow the fourth round this year, now they are back into it. Well, this was pretty good for me because I I started my draft spreadsheet really in the last uh, week, but I hadn't. Uh, dove into actually watching these guys and I thought I was going to have to watch or, or was actually I was looking forward to watching all these quarterbacks which I don't have to do now but uh, Bo I can't believe you've you know we're three minutes nine seconds in you you haven't said a word I guess I haven't let you uh, say a word but why don't you tell us uh, you know you can exchange pleasantries if you want but uh, why do you the, my first question on this is why do you think the Eagles made this trade what is your reasoning Hello, everybody. Did you guys did did you guys see that video that uh, I believe Nick Ehertz posted uh, with him and his and his girlfriend? I think I've watched yeah. it. My wife and I have watched it like fifty times. It's very funny. Now, what was the chat? They were doing some kind of chicken challenge. Is this yeah, I don't know what I this is. I guess uh, oh, I'm guessing. Okay. I don't know what it is, but I'm guessing it's like trying all the different chicken sandwiches from all the fast food places and uh, and rating them. But he starts out the video with an impromptu hello, everybody, and his girlfriend just disgusted, have, absolutely having none of it. So, you, you think I could? You think I could carve out a space on the uh, on the interwebs doing like a a veggie burger challenge like that? I mean, everyone knows I'm yeah, trying to get so. the 
I'm trying to get that Instagram follow, uh, Shield Kapadia, going a little bit. You <laughs> know, right. you're clipping, you're clipping <laughs> segments of the podcast to put on. Yeah, there. I'm going to do that for every podcast. Yeah, so I mean, if you guys want to be, I'm, I'm not, I'm not just going to do my own commentary. If you guys really okay. bring something to the table, I might be inclined to clip one of your takes and uh, post it on my own Instagram. But yeah, I, I noticed on Overcast the Overcast app that I listen uh, to podcasts on, it had this very easy clip feature. I thought, ah, what a great way to promote the podcast and more importantly, uh, promote myself. But Bo, anyway, what were you saying? Now, I think Burger King has the Impossible Whopper, right? Which which uh, they're known for. And, and Taco Bell has some good veggie-friendly options. What, what well, else is Well, they there? did. They did. You know, mm. they, I, I wouldn't say they do after um, the menu change. Uh, you Don't know, get Coach Fun started. Yeah, no, I would say uh, I would say Hip City Veg. You know, the local jaunt does a nice nice job with a Beyond Beyond Meat uh, patty, which I, I much prefer to the Impossible patty. So I don't know. There, okay. you know, Philadelphia is a very vegetarian friendly uh, city, and so there are many that I could uh, I could get at uh, one time and eat. I really like the Kitan Key one back when Ooh. I was working at uh, Philly.com. That was one of my favorites uh, in the city back in the day. I know exactly. It's like the two poles because they were a, it's a very uh, vegetarian, unfriendly city at times as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I would, I will say that my, and this is not, uh, you know, breaking news, but my, my number one takeaway is that this is uh, the move that an organization makes when it is in uh, quarterback purgatory, which it, which it is now. And I think it's clear that they are, loading up with draft assets to um, be able to acquire a quarterback in the future, whether that is in next year's draft or through uh, a veteran trade. If it is likely that Jalen Hurts does not just take the job and run with it this season. So they're giving themselves options. Um, I think, you know, my initial takeaway was why do this now? And, you know, the obvious answer is that the Dolphins – you know, weren't willing to wait. Like they, they weren't going to trade down from three to 12 unless they knew for whatever reason, and we can debate whether this was smart, but but from their vantage point, they wanted to be able to come back up. And so I think they felt like they were overpaying to go from 12 to six. And if you look at the most recent trade, it would have been uh, 12 to seven from a couple years ago when the Bills gave up two late second round picks to move up for Josh Allen. I'm not sure that a future first is like, so much better than two late seconds that you have to sign up now. But uh, I think the, the Eagles, obviously, they think that they have an idea of who's going to be available at six, and they don't think it's a, a huge drop-off from six to 12. I'm a little bit wary of that, um, given their ability to uh, evaluate in the past. And you know, if it's going to be that four quarterbacks go at the top of the draft, you're going to have a, your choice of one of the two best non-quarterback prospects in the draft at six. So I'm a little bit wary of it. I get it. I think it's good value. I think it's fine. But I think uh, there's no doubt that this is, to me, it's all about the quarterback. And they didn't think they were going to be able to get one of the quarterbacks they liked this year. And so now this is their way of uh, piling up assets so that they can get a quarterback in the future. Zebra, was it, uh, what, what was your read on it? Do you agree with uh, what Bo said or did you have a different read on it? I agree with what he said. I, I think having that extra pick next year was obviously the draw. It's hard to get first round picks. Uh, this was an opportunity to do so. Uh, now you obviously have more ammunition and if Jalen hurts is good, then you have obviously a, a better chance to build the team around him. 
there's a school of thought that the quality of prospect you're getting at six and 12, isn't that much different. I kind of disagree. Well, I, I do disagree with that. Uh, I mean, clearly it's, it's harder to hit at 12 than it is at six. That being said, I, I still think you're getting a good player at 12. So it's, it's not like dropping from six to 25. Right. And, and so I, I think that factored into it. Uh, there was an interesting nugget on sports illustrated today, Albert Breer's Monday morning quarterback column that said that, that, um, there's a thought that Jamar Chase is, is, is going to go five to Cincinnati uh, and that Joe Burrow's really been pushing that one. Uh, so I, I hope I'm um, relaying that nugget accurately, but and that was my if, read as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah right. So, yeah. So if, if, if that's the case, then perhaps the, the Eagles um, did not want to be boxed into a situation too, where, you know, if 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 they wanted a corner, they wanted a defensive end. You're really reaching most likely at six, right? You know, it's it's uh, chances are that sixth pick is going to be an offensive lineman or a pass catcher, and there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, you know, uh, uh, both of those are premium type positions, but the Eagles are are kind of boxed into the type of player. They're getting at, at six because, like Bo mentioned, you're probably picking one of the two best non-quarterbacks in the draft. Whereas when you're at number 12, you can address a different position and, and still get value. So, so that's a, another read I had was that it, it, in, a, in kind of an ironic way, it, it gives them more options to get players because you're not reaching as, as much if you, if you don't go – if, if I, I don't mean to ramble here, but if, if Howie Roseman is thinking the way Shield does about Kyle Pitts, right? Like, might be a great player, but do you really want a tight end? But he's the number one player on your board. Well, now you get out of being forced to make that type of decision. And my read is, I don't, I don't think that it, they did this because you know they're gonna they they want the optionality of picks or they they like their options at twelve better. I think it's just the, you know they want the first round pick. That's. That's exactly. the asset Next that they're year. getting. Um, and, exactly. and one of the things that, that worries me a little bit about this is that it fits a little bit too neatly into the idea of like punting on this year's draft because evaluating the draft is harder this year because you know there's less information with right. everything in the pandemic. I don't love that. And that's like a thing that Howie Roseman has said. And I, I think that's a little bit too neat. And it's sort of like a, a cop-out. And, you know, we've seen this team sort of pushing the ball down the line in the past. But, like, if, if they had made this trade on the clock, uh, we would have thought it was fine value. So um, I, I'm a little bit curious why they, why they felt they need, needed to rush it, but I think it's fine value. They're just not going to get – like, I think there is a difference between 6 and 12. You're yeah. not going to get necessarily – you know, you could get Fletcher Cox or you could get, uh, you know – some one of the Garbanzo Beans guys who's gone at twelve. Like you, you're not guaranteed to get someone who's going to be a a cornerstone player for this franchise. So, uh, it, yeah, my take on it was, I mean, I, I think I mostly agree with what you guys said. I think they were uh, kicking the can down the road uh, a year for quarterback optionality, where they look at it and say, you know what, if uh, Jalen Hurts plays great in 2021. Uh, that's awesome. You know, maybe we'll, we'll luck into a franchise quarterback and we will have an extra first round pick next year. We'll add a good player with the 12th pick. It's not like we only have one or two needs. We need young talent all over the roster. So that would be a great outcome. If Jalen Hurts is, eh, you know, okay, mediocre, not great. Well, now we have an additional first round pick next year where 
let's say, uh, you know, it, it could be to move up in the first round. It could also be to find next year's version of Matthew Stafford. You know, maybe Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or there's somebody out there who we're not even talking about right now becomes available. And it's just you have the flexibility that where you're really in that conversation with the kind of draft capital uh, that you would have. So that's what I think this was about. But uh, I do think it's, you know, it, it is telling what they thought of this year's quarterback class because uh, I was not opposed to them if they fell in love with a quarterback, uh, drafting a quarterback at six or being aggressive in moving up. And uh, I don't know, do you guys buy this buzz about uh, a lot of buzz that Mac Jones is the guy? Crazy the f- to me. Do you think that is this a, is this, I mean, they're like legit people. So, you know, feeling really good uh, about this. I know Daniel Jeremiah was on the athletic football show and he said every sort of source that he trusts or the majority of them, the guys he really trusts in the league all think it's Mac Jones. I know uh, Chris Sims, uh, not Chris Sims is like boys with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah, They have matching tattoos. They have tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. So like he has a direct line there and there's no, is there, would there really be a reason for the 49ers to smoke screen it? Right. Because I mean, they have the third pick. If we think Lawrence is going one and uh, Zach Wilson is going two, I don't really see what the benefit would be unless they're, you know, like what would be the benefit of a smoke screen for them? I guess the benefit is if they really want Trey Lance, then there's a thought that Atlanta wants Trey Lance, right? So if they really wanted Trey Lance, Atlanta could maybe convince the Jets to move down to four so that Atlanta could get Trey Lance and the Jets could maybe still get Zach Wilson. Oh, okay. All right. That, that's an, Just uh, a thought. Yeah. I, I was, Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. I was surprised when I saw that uh, because – I would think you really need to get up to three to get Mac Jones, right? And I, I know you I don't do want to get too cute. Now, yeah, yeah. Like then, and and Bo had the anecdote in his uh, in his story about the Eagles going up from from thirteen to eight to two, where they talked about how they can go to three and they might still be able to get Wentz. And they said, you know, if if if, if you love the guy, just just go and and get the second pick. Uh, right. So I I could see that, I suppose, but like if. If you're the Eagles, I, I I would have been intrigued by just a straight up deal with San Fran, um, from from twelve to six, and I imagine Mac Jones would have been on the board at six. Uh, so that I, I found that interesting, but look, I I could be wrong there. I, I don't know if I had the same read as Shield as far as this trade showed what the Eagles thought of the quarterback class. My read was more they didn't think they'd be able to get a quarterback at six. Yeah, but look at it now. Let's say the 49ers. Sure. Let's let's say they are, they're taking uh, Mac Jones at three. Well, now all of a sudden you only you know if you like uh, if you're in love with Lance or Fields, you can you know you're only moving up there uh, two spots right. to take that guy. And and if you love both of them, by the way, one of them could very well could be available. At six, because let's say a team trades up to four with the Falcons and drafts a quarterback. I think there's a high likelihood of that. If the Falcons don't take a quarterback themselves, I actually don't think they're going to take a quarterback. And I don't think they should take a quarterback, uh, to be honest. I think they can make a a kind of a two-year run here with Matt Ryan if they can add some some talent around him. I think they could be a big bounce-back team. But anyway, let's say another team trades up there and takes a quarterback at four. Uh, the Bengals at five, we know they're not taking a quarterback. Now, could they trade down? They could, but like you don't know that with any certainty. I mean, they very well could just sit there at five and take the best player available. So now all of a sudden it's six. 
you you could have either Trey Lance or Justin Fields available at six. And so if you if you like loved, even if you just loved one of those guys, then I don't think you do this deal now in March because there there is a scenario where that guy's available. You're not giving up any draft capital, and now all of a sudden you got a quarterback that you really like. So that's what I was referring to. I mean, I, I can't. If they were in their draft meeting saying, oh my gosh, you know, Trey Lance, this guy's unbelievable. I know he's only played 17 games, but look at the upside. Uh, you know, maybe he'll he'll drop to us. Then I don't think you make this deal. I honestly don't know if I think the Eagles trust themselves to make that quarterback decision this offseason. Yeah, I think that's true. I think yeah, I don't think they it. want to take that big of a swing. Yeah, I don't think they want to take that aggressive swing this right. season. They're like, take a deep breath. We're, you get, you get to reset. Right like if you yeah, if you do I that, then right. all of a sudden the clock is starting again. Um, However, that's a dumb mentality, really. Of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. And there was a uh, there was a conversation from the uh, I think it was the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, but it could have been the Journey to the Draft. But I think it was Eagle Eye in the Sky, one of the Fran Duffy joints, um, and I think it was with Dan Hatman where they talked about like the the nature of this year's draft being different where like front offices that fancy themselves um, like evaluators first will enjoy this and front offices that think of things more as like gathering information first for the way that they stack the board will uh, will be more reticent and certainly like our understanding of Howie is that he is the latter so in that sense it makes sense to move back and now part of that is he probably thinks that he has a good idea of how those first five picks are going to play out. So, you know, he, he thinks he's making an informed decision on the difference between who's going to be on the board at six and 12. I just, there's, there's what's hard about this is it's hard to separate our, uh, our feelings on Howie as a general manager and, and draft decision maker from this decision in a vacuum. Yeah. So here, yeah, that that's and that's really with everything. I mean, that's happening right yeah. now. You know, it's like yeah, all these individual moves. I know people got a little. Well, it's not up. hard with Flacco. Yeah, I know people go. Well, I'm, we're going to get to that in segment three. So you know, okay. if you're if you're looking forward to that, uh, we'll get to that. But um, so we, one of the questions, you know, one of the things Bo mentioned was, uh, should they have waited? And so uh, I have this spreadsheet that I started uh, last year when I was doing a piece about uh, first round trades and who could move up and who could move back. Uh, and man, so good Bo, for you, you for saving the spreadsheets. I do these things. I do this all you the time. You don't save. Like, what are you talking about? You yeah, don't. I save Google Sheets. Just save them. No, I what? save them, but I don't. I save them, but I don't remember that I have. Oh, them. bad like, names. Yeah, that happens yeah. to me sometimes. All the time, and then I'll that's what the search functionality. Like, oh wait, I have definitely yeah. done this before. Yeah, it's the search functionality. Yeah. Yeah. So unless you're naming them like really ridiculous stuff, which I would not put yeah. uh, past you, <laughs> um, you know, like this Pops one was titled draft underscore trade primer underscore 2020. So a little search for trade. There's a big flex. It'll search for trade. Boom. Comes right up there. And that's how I was uh, doing business about five minutes before the show. So anyway, there were three trades that I thought were, you know, none of them are exact, but Bo, you mentioned the one was that the bills moving up from 12 to seven gave up a second uh, and a future second. Uh, In 2016, the Titans. Oh, I actually didn't realize they were different years. That's interesting. I thought they were the bill. I, I thought they were the same year. I think the Bills I had the, the extra second oh, because the fifties. Yeah, because well, the year before the Bills did the Mahomes trade. 
you know, they, and so I think they had an extra pick. I could be wrong. All right. Well, whoever screwed up this spreadsheet uh, for me, I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll take them to task after this. Uh, after, so basically the next two I say, they could be right. They could be wrong. Who knows? But we'll just go with them. Uh, 2016, I have the Titans moving up from 15 to eight. Uh, simpler type deal. They gave up a third and a future second. And then in 2018, the Cardinals moved up from 15 to 10 and they gave up a third and a fifth. And so, you know, again, none of those are exact. You know, the, the Dolphins are moving up higher. So the price is going to be uh, higher. But I do think that the idea that they could have waited until the draft and made and still gotten the same type of deal. Maybe they could have based on what I, especially based on what I just said, if one of those quarterbacks falls, but I I think if you're looking at history, you can look at it and say, you know, this is probably going to be uh, in the neighborhood of the best deal that you could get. And I do like getting the first because there's upside with that first round pick. I mean, there's a, there's a chance Tua doesn't develop very well. Uh, You know, they're, they're, uh, they don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick just entering uh, games all of a sudden. And so, um, you know, I would be surprised if they were like a four and 12 team, but if they won like six, seven games, that wouldn't be a shocker. And it could be the other end too. I mean, they could win that division and uh, then you're, you're getting a a worse pick, but um, in terms of value, I don't, uh, I don't have an issue about, with it. And then the other thing I looked up here, and I know you guys did this um, with your piece, but I'll just read it out loud. Uh, the sixth pick in the draft the last 10 years, Julio Jones, Morris Claiborne, uh, Barkevius Mingo, Jake Matthews, Leonard Williams, Ronnie Stanley, Jamal Adams, Quentin Nelson, Daniel Jones, Justin Herbert. And so um, in that group, I have one home run, Julio Jones. I have five Pro Bowl caliber players, Jake Matthews, Leonard Williams, Ronnie Stanley, Jamal Adams, and Quentin Nelson. Two busts, or you know, certainly busts for where you're taking them, Claiborne and Mingo. And then you kind of have Herbert and Jones out there where um, it's not a large sample, but if you, know, if you were the Chargers, you would say you're thrilled with that pick. And if you were the Giants, you would say you're not thrilled with that pick. So uh, that's the six, sixth pick. And then at 12, we have Christian Ponder, Fletcher Cox, DJ Hayden, Odell Beckham, Danny Shelton, Sheldon Rankins, Deshaun Watson, Vita Vea, Rashawn Gary, and Henry Ruggs. Uh, so there you have one home run with Deshaun Watson, although, you know, of course, we will see how that, um, you know, plays out. Maybe uh, maybe a couple months from now, we won't be saying that. But at this point, well, uh, just from a his, home run pick, there's no doubt. Yeah, it's that. a home run pick. That's right. Uh, two Pro Bowl caliber players in Fletcher Cox and uh, Odell Beckham. I have two busts. Very, very tough uh, barrier for a home run for you. Would you say both of those are home runs? Maybe. Yeah, but I would have also said that some of the number six guys were home runs. Well, Beckham was a home run on like his rookie contract, but I mean, yeah. if you look at kind of no, that that you're that's probably right. You're probably right. And they got a first probably. rounder for him too. So yeah, that's true. You're right. I'm wrong. I would say those are both probably home runs. Um, two busts in uh, Ponder and Hayden. And then uh, you just have kind of, you know, starters in Shelton, Rankins, Via, right. Gary, and Ruggs, five guys. So I don't know. Do you see a huge difference between those two, uh, those two categories? I think obviously you're going to get a better pick um, or you in- increase your chances at six. But do you see like a huge difference between those two groups of players? I think there's a big difference in the downside. Um. I mean, there's two, there's two, two of those guys at six are, are dogs, right? Relative to... Yeah, I uh, had two busts are. in both those categories. Do you have right. more? But even like, you know, 
you know, we're calling Henry Ruggs a good starter already. Well, yeah, we don't like, know. Yeah, you're I mean, making an early true. judgment on him year. and not get, not putting Herbert in there. Um, I think there, I but I think there is a is a difference, but it goes back to you know the piece you wrote last year, Shield, and and the classic uh, Massey Thaler thing about about the draft is that like teams who who think that they can really definitely evaluate the difference between things on that fine a scale are are fooling themselves. So. Uh, again, I think I think the value is is fine. It's it's the, it's the right deal to take. But I would certainly trust you know the Eagles front office to pick a better player at six than they're going to pick at twelve. And I, okay. I I think for the sake of of conversation, sometimes it's it's better not to say like this is the pick at six versus the pick at twelve, and look at it more like like plus or minus two picks or plus or minus one pick, right? Because um, right. If if you take yeah, that's true. If you take someone at six, but then the number seven, eight, nine picks were all studs, right? Those guys were options for you, um, and, and so right. you have to have to look at the same thing with 12, 13, 14. Because you know, like we said, if 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 Jamar Chase went went five, let's say, and the Eagles are choosing between Sewell and Pitts and Jalen Waddle, uh, Devontae Smith at six. Um, then, you know, and they take one, but then the other three turn out to be stars, then it's, it's, it, you know, you, they could have had the other three. So I, I think you need to look at it like plus or minus one pick as well. Okay. So let's go on the record here. Uh, you know, this, mm. this is what we have to do with the information you have at your disposal right now. You are Howie Roseman. You get a call from Chris Greer with this offer. I think it was, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago when the first uh, call was made. Uh, would you have made this trade at that time? Or uh, if not, what would you have done? I can go first if you, you guys seem a little sure. hesitant there. No, no, I, 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 I will jump in first. I, Shaking I, I, I will jump a little bit. I, I've already <laughs> written what I would do, but I, I, I will okay, defer to go you. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Uh, all right. Uh, I, 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 no, no, go, go. Go. No, you go. I'm not going. <laughs> okay. This is like, uh, okay. you know, you okay. go. You go. Take the um, pen. Yeah, so I I would have done this, and I, I wrote I, I would have done this. I I like having extra first round picks. I, I think, like I said, the difference between six and twelve is not so significant that it it would deter me from getting that extra first round pick. Uh, that being said, there's a lot of pressure on you to hit twelve because if the guy you you know the, the Eagles need blue chip players more than they need like just good players. They obviously need good players, but they have a lack of foundation pieces and you have a better chance of finding a foundation piece at six than at 12. Bo. Zach says he would have done it. If my, um, if I'm very confident that the draft is going to play out as like chase is not going to be there at six and I and I don't love my quarterback options at six. If that's the ba- if that's the prior, then I think I do probably take the deal. Okay, but it's hard uh, I, to it's hard to separate that. Yeah, I would do the same caveat. I mean, I, I will say yes, I would have done the deal. Now, if if uh, Andy Weidel or somebody's telling me, hey, we love Trey Lance or we love Justin Fields, like really, you know, th- this this could be our guy. Then I would not have done it, and so that that is interesting to me that they they pulled uh, the you know made this move at this time, and I do agree with what Bo said earlier. I just don't think they're like in a mental state to want to <laughs> pull the trigger on like a big quarterback like move like that uh, this off season. And I I don't know that I don't think that's the right thinking. You know, I, I think you should just say 
you got to kind of put some of the stuff in, in the past and uh, how can we move forward and how can we find our quarterback? But uh, assuming that that wasn't the case, then uh, yes, this is a deal I would have done. I, you know, I do think there's a case, even if you didn't want a quarterback, that you could say this team just has such a dearth of blue chip talent on the roster that like, don't overthink it. Just sit at six. Yeah. Take the best player. Uh, there are going to be some premium positions available, whether uh, you know whether you consider wide receiver or even uh, offensive tackle or whatever. Or just be patient. You don't need to do this. You know, if there's a trade on draft day with the way the board uh, falls, you can do it then. You don't have to do it. If the worst case scenario is sitting there and taking a great player, that's not bad. So I, I don't think you're crazy if you're like upset that they did this and think that they should have just sat there and taken the best player. I think that's a, a totally reasonable take to have. Uh, ultimately, I think I would have done it because I do think you get some upside with that Dolphins pick next year and you're, you know, you're just moving down six spots. It's not like you're moving into the late 20s where your odds get uh, even worse. So, okay. Anything hey, else? Let me ask yeah. you, that, oh, go uh, ahead. Go uh, ahead Zach. All right. I have, I have two quick takes to, to throw in here too. First off, I would not interpret this uh, trade as an endorsement of Jalen Hurts per se, right? I, I mean, I, I do think that there are people in that building who like Hurts or are intrigued by Hurts. He's going to be the starter this year. But I don't think they they made this trade because they said, like, we're we're building around Jalen Hurts. I think it's very much I agree. a, a way There's no having... indication that they have, like, <laughs> that, they're, that they're leaning in that direction at all. I mean, really, if you read between the lines on everything they say, it's like, all right, maybe we'll give him a shot. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't know if you guys disagree with that, but I have heard no uh, exactly. strong endorsements of, yeah, we're ready to roll with this guy, and he's going to be our quarterback for the next three years. So. And, I also, and, and then, but I, uh, there is there is also upside in, in finding out, in yeah, giving sure. him the year um anyway go ahead zach yeah and and then the second thing i i was i was gonna say and i i wrote this but uh i don't want to be the person who says like next year's draft class isn't gonna be good at quarter because a year ago zach wilson was competing to be the starter at byu two years ago joe burrow was considered you know a late round pick right so the whole season has has, has to play out but the flip side of that is is there's no trevor lawrence waiting next year and, uh, and, and, and so you can't just assume that because the demand is there, the supply is going to be there either. Um, and I use the example of 2013, the Eagles were drafting number four, but there was no quarterback to take. So, um, and, and this goes to what she was saying about the Eagles might be like, uh, worried to take that quarterback now. And I can certainly understand if there's trepidation, but, when you have a chance to get a quarterback, if you like the quarterback, you have to go get them because you don't know when that opportunity is going to be there again. Now, I, I think, and I'm glad you, I, I'm glad both of you mentioned this. Having those picks next year puts them in position to trade for a veteran. It's not necessarily just trading up in the draft. Um, so, if they are in that situation where Hertz doesn't pan out or they, they're going for a guy next year, it's not necessarily. Um, the uh, uh, Sam Howe or Spencer Rattler or Desmond Ritter or or, or you pick your quarterback. Hey, it's, flex it's, from it's, it's, Yeah, it's, huge uh, flex. <laughs> I wish you had made up a name. <laughs> um, Spencer and, uh, Rattler is the one that sounds Spencer, closest to being made up, but it's a, it is. He's a the only name. one I know. Yeah, yeah, it's an awesome. Well, name. of those three, Desmond Ritter is the one I I like the most. He's 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 going to be awesome. Uh, he's Cincinnati's he's the made up quarterback. One. No, he's Cincinnati's <laughs> quarterback. But two years from now, the Clemson quarterback. Uh, and I'm going to butcher mm. the name, but uh, DJ 
is it Ugalele? Um, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. He's the guy who like you start planning two years ahead of time to go get. Well, here's the other thing you need from, from the Eagles vantage point, you need two quarterbacks at the top of the draft, because even if you've got three first round picks to deal, if you're not picking first, there's a good chance the team who's picking first isn't moving off that pick. If they, if, if there's a quarterback worth taking, right? So you, you, you sort of need two guys worth taking. Yeah. It's hard to, point. yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, and maybe even more than that. I mean, they're right. the top two teams like this year, you know, I, I don't know. Is there a scenario where, uh, unless it was like a, uh, Mike Ditka, Ricky Williams, or a Herschel Walker type trade that like those teams would move off of that uh, first two picks. Maybe. I mean, it certainly sounds like those are the players they want, but uh, I do agree that I, I just think there's so much uncertainty in saying uh, that, you know, it doesn't look like next year's class is better or, or any, anything like that, because we don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I might be on an, on an, I, if, if you could have your pick right now, of Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence for the remainders of their careers, who would you pick? Trevor Lawrence. I'll take Burrow. Yeah, I would take Burrow. I think Lawrence really? is... Yeah, and I think that's definitely the minority. I, I think Lawrence has... You would look at all the tools and say he's got um, more upside. No, but, who would you, but, but I'd probably take Herbert over both of them. Uh, yes, I would. No, I, I, I would not. All right, how would okay. you rank them? I would rank them Herbert, Burrow... Lawrence and I know you know Lawrence has all the tools and is probably going to be uh, really good, but you know like like just when you said you know there's not a guy who you would plan to take like no one was planning to take Joe Burrow and then he had the best like statistically season of any quarterback in college football history and so those guys uh, can emerge yeah I think I would go Herbert Burrow Lawrence. Now here's my question. Uh, Zach, you had your first, uh, or I guess not first, but first seven round mock draft after the trade uh, mm-hmm. that came out today. I want to, I know you're just beginning your work shield, but, but, uh, not water gun to your head, but which single player would you put the most turkeys on right now as being the Eagles first round pick? Oh, well, this is the, isn't is didn't I have this in the rundown? We're each going to pick two. Oh, okay. I didn't, was yeah. that in the rundown? Zach, you saw that, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yes, I did. See, I know Zach oh, pays attention. Okay. Uh, sorry, Bo's not used to rundowns or you know. Oh, you're too most likely. I see. The host yes. offering okay. advance notice on things or uh, anything like that. All right, well, let's get to that. That was my next question. So mm. I asked everyone, despite what they just said, um, to pick the two players because I thought one. You know, let's get into some draft talk. So pick the two players who you think are most likely to end up uh, on the Eagles. Now, before we get to that, I have a little spreadsheet here. So I'm going to read out a name. And uh, these are players who I think uh, there's no chance that they would be there at 12. And so if I read out a name that you think that that's incorrect, then let me know, okay? Uh, or, mm-hmm. or tell me if you agree. Right, Trevor Lawrence, obvious. Uh, Kyle Pitts. I think there's a chance he's there. Okay. I think it's a small cross. chance. Okay. But... Zach Wilson, no. 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 Uh, Jamar Chase, no. No. Probably not. No. It, l- l- let's make the threshold like uh, there's at least an 85% chance that they're gone. Does that work for you, Bo? I yeah, know you've I got little seeds fair. of doubt. Well, right. no, I'm just, I'm thinking, you know, there's the, there's the, he sat out a year, like maybe, maybe there are some football concussion uncles uh, who view that weirdly. And there, there is the possibility the Eagles move back up a little bit. That's all. That's true. All right. But this is just like, for the purpose but, but, of the exercise. If you yeah, want to pick one of these players for your thing, you can. Um, this is just totally for the purpose fair. of. Just, all right. Uh, 
Pene Sewell. Gone. Yeah, he gone. Uh, all right. Devontae Smith, I'm not going to cross off. Should I? No, I would not cross him off. Justin Fields, I don't know if I should. I don't think I should cross off. I, would, I? I, I, I would cross him off. Yes. You would cross him off, Bo? Um, I think he could be there, but I don't think the Eagles are taking I think if the Eagles liked him, they wouldn't have traded down from six. So okay. he, I don't view him as a possibility for the Eagles. Trey he's, Lance? He's, I would yeah, cross, same, cross same off. Same deal. Yeah. By the way, if I'm just going based off of putting together this spreadsheet and looking at clips of draft Twitter online uh, of these quarterbacks, I got to say I was a little smitten with the Trey Lance clips. Yeah, come on. Uh-huh. One guy I've seen in person. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so what was your scouting report, Bo? Did you, was he making jaw-dropping throws that day? He made a couple. Um, he was okay. like mostly running that day because they were winning. And, and But he made he made a beautiful uh, touchdown pass, like touch pass down the right sideline to Phoenix Sproles, who is the uh-huh. cousin. Darren son. Uh, Darren Sproles. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. And um, <laughs> I remember I remember uh, texting uh, texting our boyfriend, like, who is this guy? Because he was a true freshman. It was like mm. retro, a retro he was retro freshman. Retro, yeah. Red, he was a retro freshman. No, like, nobody knew about him. It was like their fifth game of the season. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he was he was very clearly the best player on the field, um, but you know that was that's not saying a ton. Okay, uh, all right. Now I think the rest of the guys, I don't. Jabil Cox think... was the uh, clearly the second best player on the field. By the way, a quick a quick Trey Lance thing because he has the same. It's like the old um, uh, Robert Griffin the third example. I, I, I was it RG three. I I, I I forget the quarterback who who like. Uh, uh, the University of Minnesota wanted to make him a, a, a defensive player. Uh, we talk about like how good the scouting is at yeah. at, at these, uh, you know, that we're not pro scouts and and the professionals know how to do it, and you have to be able to grind the tape. Like Trey Lance did not have offers to be a, a quarterback at these BCS schools. His dream was to go to Minnesota, and Minnesota wanted to make him the. Uh, uh, a, I, I think a linebacker or safety safety PJ safety. Fleck. This is on the yeah. spreadsheet. My job yeah. went, what? Oh my gosh. Are you like I, I understand people get better and I understand people miss on things, but I, the, the thing I always hate is like, well, only the scouts know how to do this. Or only the coaches know how to do this because every big 10 school should have been on him. Right. And, uh, and they clearly missed. Well, yeah. And I think, um, uh, certainly, uh, black quarterbacks have been, uh, you mm. know, that's been happening to them for quite a. Uh, I think if he, I don't know, if he were, I don't know, if yeah, he were white, would he have right. gotten a look as a quarterback? But anyway, all right. I so think, I think, yeah, I think uh, Minnesota would have been rolling out the red carpet anyway. <laughs> so I think uh, Iowa would have been offering him money. Those are my only cross-offs. Okay. Okay. So all right. So. Uh, do you want me to read the names that are uh, on here as options, or why don't you just just shout some out? Yeah. No, I didn't. I actually was making fun of you, Bo, but I actually did not do this exercise. I kind of, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I ran out of time here, <laughs> and and the one thirty popped up uh, very quickly for me. So uh, I would rather not go first as I go through this. Uh, Zach, I think you're most prepared. Sure. Why don't you give us your first name? Yeah. So the player I I, I put in that seven round mock draft today was uh, J.C. Horn. Mm, who, I think that was a good one. I think uh, he's someone who, who like Eagles fans, will be able to get behind uh, a cornerback. They haven't taken a just cornerback like just like opposing wide receivers. <laughs> 
a cornerback. Uh, they haven't taken a corner in the first round since Lito Shepard, 2002. Uh, J.C. Horn very much has like that alpha personality. I, I know that was said last year about Jalen Riker. Um, Horn, was, which has not, which has yeah, not played out for my yeah, exactly. point. Uh, Horn was a, he's he's he was was used all over the place at South Carolina. Could very much be an outside corner. Uh, opposite Darius Slay has the size, has the bloodlines. I guess similar to what you said about John Rager, um, you know, in terms of the bloodlines. But uh, you he's, call him he, a cornerback instead of a cornerback. I've I did not think about that, but I suppose you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a good player, and he will definitely be in in the mix in that range. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so on my spreadsheet. Do you have a number just... two? Or, oh, 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 yeah. I didn't know if, if we were going one by one because I didn't no, want to No, we go away. one by one. Come on. Oh, okay. We go one by okay. one. That way. Going. Exactly. Just real quick for those of you, uh, you know, who are like me and getting a late late uh, start on this uh, draft prep. So, uh, J.C. Horn, like, like uh, Zach said, cornerback South Carolina, 6'1", 205. Uh, I guess ran a 4'4". At his pro day, uh, the the tape grinders say, you know, really a press corner. Uh, drew a lot of, pa- I think had a lot of penalties. So he is feisty, but that can get him into uh, trouble at times. Mm, uh, just like Byron uh, Maxwell. Mm, I, I wouldn't describe Byron Maxwell as feisty, would you? No, but he drew, he drew a lot of penalties. <laughs> okay, so I mean, if you want one, you want to have both of those <laughs> things. It's not good to be not feisty and also <laughs> drawing the flags. That's not the combination you're looking for. Uh, opted out of 2020. Uh, ben Fennel. No, he opted out of the last four games, I, I, I think. Oh, he, opted he out of the last four yeah. games. Yeah. All right. Whoever did these spreadsheets, I got to tell you, I'm going to have to have a, <laughs> uh, a chat with them. Uh, ben Fennell said that uh, not as consistent as uh, Sertan or Caleb Farley, who are two other cornerback options. Now, did we, Zach, did you mention that he's Joe Horn's? Yeah, you mentioned he's the, the, the bloodline. Blood he I don't blood think I, I yeah. meant, yeah. yeah. He's Joe, Joe Horn's son. son. Uh, yep. Three-year starter, uh, might not have top-end speed. And uh, Lant Zierlein of NFL.com compares him to Ravens cornerback Jimmy Smith, who has had a uh, mm. long, very good career as an outside uh, press corner. Now in the Joe uh, Horn with the with the cell phone as the touchdown celebration. I mean, one of the fantastic, like I can, I, awesome. One of the, one of my favorite sporting moments of childhood, I would say. Peak NFL, right there. That, yeah. That's when the league, you know, come on, it wasn't before the, Roger. No, no fun league, to, am I yeah, right? Yeah. Come on, okay. what are we doing? That was great. Dane Brugler has uh, Horn as his number 14 prospect overall. That's with today's uh, update that Dane had. So he's right in that area where the, he should be available. All right, Bo, who do you got? Uh, to me, I'm putting the most turkeys. I think the most likely Eagles pick at this point is Devontae Smith. Oh, yeah, oh really? Okay. Yes, I think there's a chance. I think he, uh, he falls a little bit. Uh, I think Waddle goes ahead of him. I think Chase goes ahead of him. Um, I was I was wrong last year when I thought the receivers were all going to go, you know, in the top ten or at the very top of the draft. And Zach was right, so uh, credit where due there. I think there's a chance he gets to twelve, um, and I think if he's there, I think the Eagles take him. I think they'll think it's a uh, like how could you possibly, 
you know, criticize this pick. He's the Heisman winner. He's super productive. He's what we back need. on the college production wagon. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I think that's the guy who. I mean, you know, we're talking at this point. We're talking like the the most turkeys I'm giving out is like 21 turkeys probably. But right. that's that's where I would give him. Yeah. So I I mean I, I want to give everyone the Devonte Smith breakdown, but I mean you did not watch a single college football game if you don't know Devonte Smith. He's like the one player on this list you should know. Heisman winner. But there is I mean, like there you know he's he's a senior. He's super small. One seventy ish, right? Yeah. Like there you know there are reasons to be skeptical. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his numbers are crazy. Uh, nearly 4,000 receiving yards and 46 touchdowns in his career. And it you know, wasn't just last year. It was the last two years. Monster numbers. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah says he, he sees some Marvin Harrison vibes yep. well in Devontae mm. Smith. Uh, yeah, not a burner, Uh-oh. you know, so he's well. I I don't even want to. That's the one where I'm afraid to even like you know. I didn't uh, say anything. Yeah. I didn't say okay. a word. Yeah, let's uh, let's cut that out, Marissa. Uh, not a burner. <laughs> <laughs> great route runner. Uh, great ball skills. Great instincts. I mean, this guy was just so fun to watch. Yeah. Last year, like every time you watched an Alabama game, you're just like, oh my gosh, this guy is absolutely amazing. Here's a nugget I really liked: Bruce Feldman, who did a really good mock draft on the Athletic, which I suggest everyone check out, where he talked to like college an NFL people about every player. And um, so it was sometimes like coaches who went against these players talking about them. And he said that when uh, one of the sources said, when they played Alabama, their defensive backs came to the sideline and said, Devonte Smith was calling out their coverages before the snap, which I thought was awesome. He just knew like exactly what the defense was going to do uh, every time, which I guess speaks to his, uh, his smarts and his savvy uh, physical now with the weight thing he hasn't missed a game in the last two years uh yeah. so you know he he has been durable for them i think that would be a home run uh pick for them personally if they stayed at 12 and landed uh Devontae smith he's one of those just don't overthink it right like, i agree he, that's exactly right yeah well especially at 12 like as opposed to like i think that would be a risky pick at six maybe risky is not the right word but i think that would be not necessarily a no-brainer Whereas at 12, I think, sure, run it to the podium. Okay. Uh, All right, I'm debating between, let's see, I'm debating between two players here, and it's mostly uh, which of these guys has a better chance of being there. And I'm not sure which one that's going to be. We can can get to our leftovers at the end. I will go with a player who uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be there, but how about Patrick Sertan, the Mm. cornerback? From Alabama, so so Brugler's got him ten on his list. Daniel Jeremiah has him fourteenth. Uh, cornerback from Alabama, six foot two, uh, two oh eight. Prototypical cornerback size, speed, ball skills, uh, press corner. Jeremiah compared him to one of my favorite cornerbacks in the league, and that's Marlon Humphrey, who I I, I think I was gassing up Humphrey last year, right before uh, mm-hmm. they played the Ravens. I really like Marlon Humphrey. Um, not, doesn't have, I guess, great like straight line speed if he was running the uh, 40, but an aggressive tackler, a three-year starter, started as a freshman for uh, Nick Saban. So uh, that is a, a pick when I look at which positions that they might uh, view as premium positions at that number 12 spot, a complete player who might not have, you know, have a lot of um, flags. Uh, I thought Sertan would be that guy. Now, you know, he very well could be the first corner off the board and could go off the board before 12, but I, I will go with him. Some people see him as a as a safety, potentially. Yeah, that was in level, Feldman's piece. Yeah, a little yeah, stiff, he's right? Not, he's, he's not super twitched up, uh, which, you know, for the Eagles, that could be fine too. Um, I, 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 I mean, very 
poorly educated on this, but I, w- I like Sir Ted more than Horn. Uh, but I, my, my understanding is there's a, a good chance he goes before Horn and is not there at 12. It seems like it's going to be, those two are going to be the top two corners. So, right. so really one of them very well, well could got be this a back injury. Right. Yeah. That's why. So, okay. Uh, all right, Zach, back to you. I, I will go Jalen Waddle here. Uh, okay. That's who I was debating between. Yeah, so he's the other Alabama wide receiver, if you want to call him that. Um, now, Devontae Smith would have been good no matter what, but Smith like took off when Wada was hurt this year. So uh, you don't know what this year would have been like if if Wada played the whole time. It, just an, an electric player. Um, he's He would be very, I, I, I think, um, Jalen Hurts friendly. I, I, I think they're close both. Houston guys, Texas guys who went to Alabama. Um, but he was a, like a star from his first day on campus. So was Devontae Smith, obviously. Uh, an outstanding special teams player. Uh, had the injury this year, but you've seen comparisons to Tyree Kill, and that's just because of like his electric ability. So he's he's the big play Another, guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but he's, he's the big play guy, and you, you wonder – how he would compliment Jalen Rager. That being said, I don't think you can even consider like, oh, Jalen Rager. So nice to meet you. You're very handsome. <laughs> I compliment with an E, not an I. But I, I don't think you can even consider your roster when you make this pick. You just go the guy you think has the chance to be a star, and he has the chance to be a star. And that's really with every pick, right? Zach, yeah. you've been, Zach, you've been pounding this drum for uh, months now, and, and I agree. Yeah, like I don't care how he compliments Jalen Rager, uh, you know. To be to be honest, like it's, that should not Matt, that should not be a determining factor at Those all. Those are the ugliest shoes I've ever seen. Uh, but really, I think he would. Con- I mean, you look at his big play uh, ability, and I think he would be um, certainly be a fine compliment. Now, who do you think goes for Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith? Because there is this Waddle. like a big debate against draft nerds. I think Waddle, Waddle because of speed, but okay. yeah, I mean it, it, it depends what you prioritize. Uh, Waddle, uh, 5'10", 182, uh, like Zach said, limited his six games last year. But I think if you look at when he, he got injured, I think he had better numbers than Devontae Smith, right? Wasn't that exactly? A, yeah, that was going around a uh, big time returner, which I think like NFL people overrate in a huge way. Like who cares? Totally. Uh, yeah. Tyree kill. Like uh, Zach said, is the comp. Everyone seems to have averaged 18.9 yards per reception, uh, for his, uh, career. And so, uh, let's see what else I got here. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I did see a very, I did see a fun clip of him earlier today as I was doing my uh, initial research on these guys. I think Waddle would be a fine, a uh, very good pick at, uh, number 12 if he were still available but and 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 like just to put this in in perspective too on the team that had jerry judy and henry ruggs who we talked about ad nauseum this time a year ago uh like smith and waddle were considered by by some people to be even better prospects than judy and and, and, and ruggs then mm, there you go um, got, so if this was just, you know, what, who am I putting turkeys on? My my next guy would be either Horn or Sertan, but for the purposes of uh Oh yeah, uh, you can't pick somebody already. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um this is where this is where like this is not the best uh like this is not how the Eagles would like this draft to lay out position wise, because you know, we knowing the Eagles sitting at twelve, we think they would love to take probably a, a defensive lineman, I think. Uh, knowing the way how he wants to build things. There's no defensive yeah. tackle. 
who is worth taking there. And if you're taking a deep, uh, an edge guy at 12, you're sort of going out on a limb because there's really not a lot of consensus about, uh, you know, Greg Russo versus Aziz Ojolari versus Quiddy Pay uh, versus uh, the other guy, Jalen Phillips, right? Um, but I think that's a possibility that the Eagles do that. Um, and, like, you know, I don't know what you think, Shield. Maybe you're going to put your Penn State homer hat on and, and put out Micah Parsons, but I don't think that's going to happen uh, with this Eagles team. I don't think they're going to take a guy like uh, Rayshon Slater if he's there, um, even if even if he's close to the top of their board. And so I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go Greg Russo as the most likely edge guy for the Eagles of that group because um, he if 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 you're saying this team is ready to to turn the page forward and you know willing to sit on guys like Quiddy Pay's selling point is that he's a senior he's ready to go he's like low floor or high floor whereas I think Russo has a has a higher upside redshirt sophomore so that's that's where I go I like it I like it a lot I'm, I I will defer to Shield here but then I'll give my quick 30 second Greg Russo take yeah, I had him. I had him on my list. He was, you know, it was either him or this other guy who I will say in a moment, um, as, as who I was going to pick. And I, I do think, or like you know, a safety, if there was, there's no safety worth taking there. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, I mean, if the players we already named, and it's really cornerbacks and wide receivers, I guess, right? If you're if you're an Eagles fan, you should be rooting for other positions to be taken, whether it's offensive tackle, uh, linebacker. Uh, I, I guess those are probably the main the main two. But you really, I think, want one of the cornerbacks or wide receivers uh, to fall to you at twelve. Uh, but but Rousseau, uh, six foot seven, two hundred and sixty five pounds, only twenty years old. Which I know, Bo, that must have just made your uh, heart flutter when you uh, when you read that age. Played two games as a freshman. Not just my heart. Oh gosh! All right, let's uh, let's let's save that for the prime time. Uh, let's save that for the Ospreys, maybe a more uh, mature crowd. I uh, played two games as a freshman before suffering a broken ankle. Uh, but then the next year, 2019. How about these numbers? 15 and a half sacks, 19 and a half yep. tackles for loss. Uh, so you're going off like this one season, but like mm-hmm. he lit it up that one season, you know, and uh, opted out in 2020. Uh, I think Ben Fennell had uh, only played 546 snaps in college, which is uh, which is a very, very low number. So you're definitely swinging for the fences with that kind of pick. Zeberm, this is your boy, Rousseau? Yes, and he was he was my boy during the season, and I, I know he's falling down draft boards, and, and, and part of it that is was because- Reed jealous. He's <laughs> not my boy, literally, but obviously, okay. but, um, but, uh, I like, I, I, I get annoyed when, when sacks are rationalized, right? Like, oh, well he got his sacks lining up inside sacks are sacks. You know, they're, they're hard to get chase young got 16 and a half sacks back in 2019. Uh, Rousseau got what? 15 and a half. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, uh, like, like physically, he's he's special i i know you can over you know i i know you can look at some of the athletic testing and whatnot i just think he's he's a really productive player who at that size at 20 years old um can you know he he's not just an edge guy like you can move him around uh i i you can actually do that with him i know every prospect we say you can do that with but when a guy is six seven two sixty five like i I don't know i compare every guy that size to calais campbell who is like one of my favorite uh, defensive players of the last uh, last decade same program I was disappointed though. I didn't. I didn't read a Calais Campbell in any uh, any comps. Maybe mm. I need to uh, read more. Maybe he's just Defensive nothing like him. 
defensive line is also the one place where I'm not going to roll my eyes when people are telling me about his 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 positional versatility. Yeah, like I think like the 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 worst case scenario is, and I, I suppose this is a bad scenario for first round pick, but the worst <laughs> case scenario, the worst case scenario is uh, is Carl Nassib, right? When I look at him, but yeah, like. That's yeah, that would be great. <laughs> but just who was the of... um, who was the like Louisville defensive tackle who was like 19 years old when he was drafted in the first round? Akoya, yeah, like, like uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Amobi Akoya. Am I, I, I pronouncing Amobi Akoya? Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, okay. But I, I've been on. I, I, I wrote about him during the season or so when when Bo and I were doing like our our mock draft analysis back during the season. And uh, he's he's someone I I think this year is an interesting year in that the opt out guys there 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 might be the inverse of recency bias that people like forget how talented they are and then they say well you only have 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 one year of film well that one year of film was really good so yeah that's a good yeah. point like if Rousseau this last year had that season. Then there would be no like if he played in 2020 yeah, and had exactly. the 2019 season, then everybody would be going nuts. So like, what's the difference? Yeah, same he thing. Just with made Jamar a decision. Chase. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Same thing with Jamar so, Chase. Yeah, so like you should just substitute. You know, move that 2019 season into your 2020 notes, and uh, there you are. So it's not a larger body of work, but you draft guys all the time who had one year of uh, of great production. So exactly. All right, so this year this is tough. So uh, all right, I'm just gonna go through. So Kyle Pitts is not gonna be there, right? I don't think so, but you can make because, him a pick if you want. It's possible. I mean, no, Dane has him as him. as the number two player in 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 this draft class. Yeah, he has him two, and Jeremiah had him three. I don't think he's gonna uh, make it. Uh, Rayshon Slater. I mean, what do you guys think? Would they take a tackle? If if I if like a Slater fell where, to twelve, this is where like I think they could have taken Sewell at six under the presumption that like this guy is special. Yeah. Like, change, he like, seems like a great prospect. Changing. Yeah. Love Sewell. Yeah, of course. Uh, whereas with Slater, it's like this guy's plug and play, but it, 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 my understanding is that he's not like, you know, changing the shape of the offensive line. And, and it's, it's definitely a, a bit of a luxury for the Eagles. Not that, you know, tackle is not a luxury necessarily, but I feel like if they were willing to take a tackle, they might've stayed at six for Sewell. Yeah, I think Slater would sur- surprise me. I mean, you know, like like J- Daniel Jeremiah says, Pro Bowl guard, but could play left tackle. You know, and some people say, well, is he uh, uh, right tackle? Um, that's what he played in 2017 and 2018. So I would agree with you. I don't know. Uh, that would almost feel a little like, you know, what's the point? You That's a position where you might have um, some talent when you see how my lot plays. And so unless it's a guy who just wows you like Sewell, I don't think you would probably go in that direction. Uh, interior O-line, like a guy like uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, that would su- really surprise me. I don't think mm-hmm. you're uh, going that route at, at number 12. Off-ball linebacker, I don't think you're going that route at 12 with a guy like uh, Micah Parsons, who you mentioned, uh, Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech, you know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe he would have been in, the, he probably, he definitely would have been in this conversation, but uh, he had a back procedure and it was not his first. He had an ACL as a freshman. So there's like a lot of medical concerns uh, with him. Some other offensive tackles, uh, you mentioned Quiddy Pay, you're not going running back. And so like it, you really start going down your list going, wait a minute, who is the next guy they're going to take? I haven't done a lot of homework on Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. I don't think he's I like anybody him. think 
Yeah, I think everybody likes him, but nobody thinks he's going to be taken in 12. Um, yeah, no way. All right, so let me just go off the board here. This Maybe this guy would be a little bit more uh, of a trade-back guy, and I don't know if he's a perfect scheme fit or not. And but I when think that's I, on the table. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you already went back to 12, so if it doesn't fall your way, you might go back a little bit more. Bo, you mentioned this guy. Aziz Ojolari. Mm, I like Ojolari. He seems like a, a very good prospect. Again, this is all I'm going to be changing all these draft takes in the next few weeks when we really uh, dig in. But uh, edge rusher from Georgia. We're all excited to find out who your Jalen Rager is. There you go. Uh, six foot two, two forty nine. Uh, considered. Let me see what eight and a half sacks last year. Led the SEC. Uh, ben Fennel had him, I think, as his top edge defender in this year's class, uh, can win in a variety of ways. So, uh, 249, that's what was Derek Barnett coming out? He was like, what, two sixties. Zach. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think he was in the two fifty range, but yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, I, might, I mean a minor, a, a minor upset that Zach didn't have the exact. Yeah. Player. Minor. Uh, I would call it a major <laughs> upset. Uh, so anyway, that was just a guy who kind of caught my eye where he's down in a lot of these lists, but I was like, wait a minute, why is he, so far down, could be he be a guy uh, who gets a little bit more buzz and could uh, move up the board a little bit. Well, I had three segments for today, but we just spent an hour mm. with some really in-depth grinding the, the 2021 draft. What do we do? Do we save well, the other segments for the next podcast? Well, when do we have our, our Parsons discussion? Is that closer to the draft that Let's, we do we that? We can have because it right I, now. Go ahead. Zach is Zach is, is legitimately sad that we didn't get a full <laughs> month of Kyle Pitts discussion. That's I, I, why I, he doesn't like the truth. Actually, I, I, I texted Bo that. I said that I was looking forward to a month of Kyle Pitts discussion um, because he, like, checks so many boxes. But, um, but yeah, Micah Parsons. Uh, is it Micah or Mika? I that's a name it's I always Micah. struggle. Yeah. Okay. That's a. I mean, it's usually Micah, unless it's he. Yeah. Okay. Micah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Micah. I just want to make sure. I think um, that maybe we're watching too much Morning Joe. <laughs> that's true. That's where I get Mika from. Okay. Um, I'm not watching it, but I am. I'm familiar. I'm with glad it. I have Mika. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if 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 you're talking about a special player, like a special linebacker. Who can do can do uh, a handful of different? Who can do so many different things? Can rush the passer? Can drop into coverage? Can play in space? Uh, even though it's not a position that you've prioritized in in the past, if he can be one of like the elite players at his position, isn't that worth the number twelve pick in the draft? No, I don't think so. No. I mean, okay. Well, well, well first okay. of all, right, so that, I mean, I Luke, if he is Luke Keekley, yes, thank yes. you. Like, that's what, what I always Devin think. Of. What if he's Devin White? Um, no, twelve. I think probably you know? not. Keekley's the yeah, Keekley's like, the guy I always think of. I'm like, all right, if you can guarantee me, he, but you can't guarantee me that. But if right, you're you guarantee can't guarantee me, me that, and and my Keekley, understanding then, yes. of Parsons is that he's not the level of prospect that Keekley was in terms of like. Like there's still lear- a learning curve for Micah Parsons as a as a as a uh, a coverage linebacker and just reading things in front of him is is isn't that right? Like yes. he's a he's a super special yeah. athlete, but he's not a finished product. No, but he's like he was a a very productive pass rusher, for instance. Like he he can do a lot of different. Okay. Okay. All right. That's, I agree with yeah. I definitely agree with that. The off-ball linebackers as pass rushers, like, all right, fine. Get, get, tell me who my defensive coordinator is and whether I'm going to be able to make any use of that. Because, Jonathan Gannon. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, <laughs> all right, good maybe. <laughs> I might, I might not. I mean, you know, Eric Kendrick, yeah. th- their linebackers were very good. Darius Leonard, he's coached Anthony some great Barr. linebackers. What um, if he's Anthony Barr? Is that like is is that worth the number 12 pick in the draft? No, I don't think so. Okay. Anthony okay. Barr has been mostly an off-ball linebacker. I mean, I remember when he was coming out and the yeah. Eagles, I think, uh, liked him that year. But I thought I thought the majority take was that he's going to end up being an edge rusher. Um, but that's not how he – that's not what he's been with Minnesota. I mean, he's been an off-ball linebacker. And so I just don't think uh, – again, if you can guarantee me – like Fred Warner is a player I love. And so if you guaranteed me he could be, he was going to be as good as Fred Warner, then I would take him in the fifth round where Fred Warner went. No, I would actually consider him as a first round pick uh, because that's somebody who really like really is impacting um, your past defense. No, I I agree. But my point is that, he was found in the fifth those. round. Right. It's 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 the it's the it's not quite the running back discussion, but um, you know it's kind of the defensive version of that. And so I don't think he's shown enough, or you know enough about him where you would even think about taking him at twelve. And now maybe I could be wrong, but their history of drafting says uh, they would not think about taking him at number twelve. I agree with their history there. So then I guess we're not going to get into my Wusu Karamaya discussion because. That just brings us back. Here to comes Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons from 2.0. Exactly. I, I exactly. would, yeah, I would not be grading that highly if they really. I mean, again, tell me who my defense coordinator is, and I'll tell you whether. I mean, I mean, and I'll tell you whether I'm I mean, even going to look it's at Davion a player Taylor like that. in the first round. Is what that is. No, it's yeah. not. Come on, no, it's not. But so, it's the first round so, version of him. For those of you who don't know the players we're talking about, Micah Parsons, Penn State linebacker, freshman All-American in 2018, uh, led the team in tackles in 18 and 19, opted out last year. Lance Zierlein compared him to Miles Jack, which, again, if that's who Whoa. he is. <laughs> that entices me. Oh, no, see, that, that to me is like, all right, good, good player. No, that's, that's, not, yeah. that's not who I'm taking at uh, 12. Um, 6'3", 245. Someone told Bob McGinn, Fred Warner, which, you know, that made me at mm, least uh, read a little bit closer. Uh, to Bruce Feldman, someone said that Parsons was going to be a future Hall of Famer. So, you know, that's mm. the upside that tantalizes uh, tantalizes some people. And, and- uh, Chandler's brother. Not Chandler's brother. They do not look alike whatsoever. Uh, mm. Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa. Did I get that right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Linebacker Notre Dame. Uh, or Matt Bowen says he thinks he's a safety. And so here you yeah. go. Here, here's the discussion. <laughs> uh, this year's uh, Isaiah Simmons, that that would be him. That's uh, my guy. <laughs> uh, ben Fennell comp- said maybe he's got some Malcolm Jenkins uh, in his game. So that made me think, all right, maybe I should look at him a little bit. But the question is, is he a box safety? Is he an undersized linebacker? How are you using him? Uh, is he a Derwin James type player? That, that would be exciting. But again, there's just, if I'm picking a 12, I want to eliminate all as much uncertainty as I can with these, these guys. I want it. I want upside for sure. But if the position is linebacker, or safety, I want it to be like, this is the best guy we've graded in the last 10 years. And, you know, he was amazing in college, amazing production, amazing character, intangibles, amazing athleticism, everything. And then if you want to think about taking him, go ahead. But I don't think that's what these players are. I agree. Okay. All right. What do you think? Save the. I think we save the other segments for next week. It's not like we have, we're going to have something pressing to talk about, right? We could do some draft talk and then hit those two segments. 
Or you want to get okay. into them now? We can knock unless, you guys, unless you guys want to pod later. I mean, uh, later this week amongst yourselves. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be in the house at the uh, Jersey Shore. We're doing a little mm, uh, big flex. I, I think I had mentioned, and so uh, I will be very available. So yeah, we could either do one later this week or uh, or do those things next week. So if you left a question, thank you for leaving those, and we will get to them. Uh, you know, just not right now. Should we get to Thanks one? Bo, did you have a? Did yeah, you have I a favorite one? Set, I thought we could do a few questions. Let's do three. Let's do three know. questions. All right. You know, people put in the time. All right. I got talked into it. Bo's did pulling us up. Oh, I no. thought you oh, said. This is on me. I thought. Okay. I thought you. Did, yeah, Zach, thought didn't you, Bo send us a text that he's compiling yes. questions? I, said, yes. I just asked if, and then you said you were going to pull them up live. So All right. I have, uh, I have them here. Okay. 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 Hold I thought, on. No. No. I, I no. No. Shield's no. No. Response. I thought Shields' yes. response was, but yeah. but if, if you're more than welcome to do it, yeah. Yeah. So I said someone compiling. You said migrate. Hold on. No. 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 We gotta. We gotta sort this out. Bo said, "Is someone compiling the questions?" And I said, "I haven't looked at them." was just going to look live, but feel free to compile if you have the time. And you gave me the thumbs up. Yes. And I mean, yes. that yeah, to me read, says you're the... taking action. I mean, if no, you want to me, me that was, to me that we, we'll just do it live. No, no. Then you, then, uh, then I, I think you would give, the time. you would give like, that's, that's, all... so that's the thumbs up. Are, are you answering affirmative? Which way are you answering the affirmative yeah, to That's tough. the challenge yeah. with the thumbs up. Yeah. Zach and I had the same read. I think if you wanted me to do it, you would have said you could have just said, "Yeah, looking live's fine," or "All you." You know that would have been that's a that's a nice response. Sure. All you, um, but okay, that's okay. Bad job well, out listen, of you. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw uh, I'm gonna throw my excuse under the bus. I'm I'm holding one hand. I'm holding a baby. I'm texting. So you know, Fair same guy who did my spreadsheet responded to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, okay, let's see. What are your respective juice rankings? Now, we just talked about this, but but this is a little separate. Uh, if any of these four guys are picked at 12, who has the most juice to you? Devontae mm. Smith, Jalen Waddell, Sertan, and Horn. Ooh, that's some good juice right there. Um, hey, I Devontae think, Smith. Yeah, it's tough because I would say Waddell probably, like, if you're defining juice by, like, their skill sets – I think you would probably say Waddle, but I don't know. I mean, just watching Devontae Smith, I would still put Smith first in the juice rankings there. I'm I th- also like, I think I'm, juice among I'm, the fan base. I, I was I was thinking that's how I yeah, was and I'm right. more yeah. like I I am I am just curious to see what Devontae Smith's career turns out to be. Like I'm not as cur- curious about Waddle, even though he may have more juice on the field. So like yeah, to me, like Devontae Smith to the Eagles that gives me a little bit of juice. Yeah, if, if, so if I might you, put him over Waddle. If if you draft the Heisman Trophy winner at like a position of need, a player who okay, even let's casual not the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> no, but even casual football. No, I'm I'm saying juice among the fan base, right? Like mm-hmm. when they took Jalen Rager last year, it was and and not to knock Shield here because Shield's outstanding, but like uh, <laughs> it was no, it it was one of those things where it's like people who like who who study this closely, it's like trust me on this one, right? Because most casual quarterback was terrible. <laughs> most casual Eagles fans weren't watching Jalen Rager. Um, I I think Devonte Smith is is the guy who like you know the casual fan knows they watch they like it's hard not to be impressed when you watch him. So I think that that carries the most juice among the fan base. Yeah, I think it would be Smith, Waddle, Sertan, Horn, but I think they would all be pretty juicy picks. Okay, here's you, a good you one. would get the juice back that you lost from the Flacco signing. That's not true. Uh, that juice is gone forever. 
Uh, oh, you said you wanted to get to Flacco, Shield. No, listen. Next second, just let's get these three questions, and then I need to hit the road. Okay. If all four NFC East general managers decided to quit this week, Ooh. probably to form a boy band together, Hamilton says, and you could take over for any one of them, which would you choose? He oh. says ownership stays the same, but Jarrah is too busy singing bass to interfere more than an average NFL owner. Well, that changes everything. He's well, too busy singing Jerry. bass. Let's keep Jerry as Jerry. Jerry's been way more hands off with this stuff in recent years. I mean, he wanted to draft Johnny Manziel, right? Mm. I think he's kind of handed off. Uh, you know, he still okay. likes his name out there and does the post game press conferences. But I mean, I, the Zeke the Zeke contract was terrible. But look at like a bunch of their other moves have been pretty good. The Dak thing they did handle well. All right, I guess those are two pretty big ones. <laughs> Uh, I would take over. Well, you can't do Washington, right? No, there's no chance. Now, if I did Eagles, I wouldn't have to move. You know, yeah, that's moving. that's that's a big factor. Yeah. Exactly, moving yeah. is a pain. That's uh, a tough one. But if I if I do Dallas, I have a much better chance of being really successful right away. I think. Well, and you certainly get gassed up more for if you are successful. I mean, if I'm you, firing if you... my. I mean, I'm firing Mike McCarthy before I even get in the building. Yep. I have that power this is a right good, there. This is a good test of the uh, could you could you get a team to the playoffs in ten years as general manager? Mm. That nonsense, very it, easily. Phew, the Cowboys just have a are they in a spot to really do so? You know, I, they'll they'll if and I can fire the coach so I can solve like their biggest problem. <sighs> Moving. Yeah, but who yeah. are you going to get to coach now? I get you. You would wait till the off season because. Please, I could find a coach now. You think those? Yeah, I'm, you think, I'm taking you Eagles' th- job. I'm, I'm taking you think Eagles the, job. You think those college coaches are really going to be loyal to their programs? We got yeah, Jerry. Mo- we got Jerry money. We're offering you the Cowboys. Uh, you would take the Eagles' job, Zach, huh? Yes. Yeah. My family's Philly here. guy. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. I mean, it's like it's there's 32 of these jobs. You you take one in your hometown where you already live. Um, where your where your family's here, you know, you grew up around the fan base, right? Like you go, you know. So there's uh, that's yeah, that to me, I I would I would stay here. This is where I'm raising my family. Does my wife mm-hmm. have a say in this? Well, what about the classiness of the Giants organization that you? Well, that's true. Fun? And the thing with the Giants is you can always you you can live here and commute, right? You know, it's not that far away. Oof, that uh, so that's. <laughs> Uh, that's that's not and and there is apparently no low that you can sink to in terms of job performance that will get you fired. Well, it's no, it's a it is a classy organization though, and it's a the ownership. Oh, please, it's, it's a it's a classy. What was owner. the kicker's name? About? What was yeah. the kicker's name? <laughs> Josh Brown. Kicker. Yeah, Josh that was great. Really Real handled classy. that well. Uh, I would go. I think I would go Eagles. Push. Yeah, I would. I would go Eagles. Uh, like Zach said, you know, even if I screwed it up. Uh, like I could be, I could have like a TV gig the rest of my life, right? Seriously, it's like, all right, this you guy was one. This guy was once the, uh, you know, Ruben Amaro's on TV here. Not to say he screwed up, but <laughs> oh wow, no, no, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> like Ruben catching his screw. <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, I know I, you're I, listening, Rube. You know, it's... no, I'm saying even <laughs> even like fired GMs have have you know fired coaches go on to do jobs here. Like like I mean, he did win a World Series, did he not? Well, Pat Gillick was the GM, but he was the okay. assistant GM. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, yeah. So I would go Eagles, Dallas, Giants, Washington. All right, last one. Oh, I guess, yeah. I guess I would take, uh, just I don't want to move, so I'm taking the Eagles. Is, is the, are the salaries the same, or that can no, vary by question. owner? 
there's no state tax in Texas. So. Oh, mm. all right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dallas would be fun. I like a Dallas. Yeah. I like a Fort Worth. I'd probably I like uh, a Fort Worth. hang I like out with DFOP Ed. Yeah. I love that scene. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last one uh, from Justin. Peckness migrate ways to spend a Sunday afternoon. Uh, yard work, moving furniture, and oh, watching God. multiple 2021 Eagles games started by Joe Flacco. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, so what does uh, yard work entail? E- Can I mow? Is mowing says, the lawn yard work? He says in parentheses, uh, raking, spreading mulch, etc. What if I don't know how to do any of those things? It's still how you're spending your time. I think if it's for me, I can say mow the lawn. You know, we got we got a little electric mower. I like to get out there. Ooh, big flex. Put some uh, headphones in. Yeah, I think it's a nice way to spend some time. So uh, I would probably say yard work. You can be listening to a podcast. And yeah, that's you're, big. That's a, and that's you're, a little escape. And you're probably going to be left Life alone. Life is all about those little escapes. Yeah, you're getting some fresh air. So I'm, I'm uh, marrying that. Is that it? No, nesting. Yeah, nest. You're nesting. Yeah, I nest that as well. I'm definitely migrating Flacco. And uh, I'll, nest, I'll peck the I'm... moving furniture because, I mean, it's got to be moved for a reason, right? Might as well do it. No, I'm yes. pecking I'm pecking the Flacco because if I'm only doing that one Sunday afternoon, you know, I yeah, can but get But it says some... multi. It's, well, okay, so here's the deal. It's one Sunday afternoon, but you have to watch multiple games. <laughs> okay, that's fine. We can we can squeeze in two or three games. I can get a, I can get a column for, out of it for the athletic i can get some podcast fodder i can live tweet it uh i can post thoughts on instagram at shield kapadia on it uh there (laughs) (laughs) there are there are things i could do with that i'm only doing it once furniture uh that's a slippery slope i mean that could really lead to an injury that could have like you know that could have like a three day a week effect if you hurt your back or something you don't want to be doing manual labor like yeah, that yeah but it's huh? a, it's something you can do to feel useful around the house like you, you're yeah, not just that ship has sailed for me yeah <laughs> okay All right. Zach yeah I mean I think you guys are nuts here um, a day watching football is better than a day not watching football that's the bottom line <laughs> so uh, I will I uh, that's a drop you sound right like, there you sound like Sirianni <laughs> I, I will nest. This I will is amazing, nest watch man. What I can't believe we get to do <laughs> That's this. True. Who is who is saying I would rather move furniture than watch a football game? Like seriously, like, Bo who's, just who's said that, that, didn't he? Yeah, that is nuts. A Flacco um, game. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who's a quarterback. You're watching football. It's better than. It's better than the alternative. Uh, so I am nesting that. Give me that. Uh, and then every Sunday, uh, yes. just watching three Joe Flacco games. <laughs> I, I don't think we are nuts. I disagree. It's, it's like that Bart Giamatti quote. What do you do during the winter? You know, you sit and look out the window and wait for spring. Right. Isn't that the quote? I believe that's uh, Stan Musial. Was that Stan Musial? Okay. I thought it was Giamatti. Wow. <laughs> what a flex. Um, uh, and, and so anyway, so I will, uh, I will nest uh, football. And I am. I will peck the furniture because, like Bo said, it needs to be. It needs to be moved. You're doing it once. Presumably, you're not moving furniture all the time, right? So you're just doing it one time. And then I, admittedly, like I, I live in the city, so there's not a patch of grass within a few blocks of me. So I, I don't have yard work to do. But uh, yard work does not sound appealing to me. So I, I will migrate that. Okay. All right. 
There we go. All right. Well, this was another uh, another long podcast. I'm, per- I'm sure people will give me a hard time for every time I host. It ends <laughs> up being a long podcast anyway. But, uh, you know, we had a lot to get to, not getting the emergency pod in on Friday. So that will do it for us. Make sure you check out The Athletic. You can still get theathletic.com slash birds with friends. Z-Burn put out a seven-round mock. We're going to have a lot of good stuff coming up here in the next month. And so uh, definitely subscribe if you're not already. Rate and review if you want us to do an emergency pod uh, next time. And we will either talk to you uh, later this week or early next week to get to some of these other segments. For Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris, I am Shiel Kapadia. And as always, that was your cue, Bo. Oh, theathletic.com slash birds with friends. And we love you. Hello again, everybody. At the conclusion of recording today's episode, I looked down at my notepad and realized that I had neglected to mention the one thing that was written on my notepad before recording the episode. And that was a single word, the word Beheim. And now, of course, I would have liked to ask Zach about Syracuse bowing out in the Sweet 16, uh, giving him a little bit of a needle, but that's not what we're here to discuss. This is a man who has certainly done some terrible things in his life, I think we can agree. Uh, but this, uh, well, this is the latest, and this is a bridge certainly too far for Birds with Friends. Uh, during the post-camp press conference, after Syracuse's loss, to Houston. He took a shot. He took a shot at a listener. And that's unacceptable. Anthony DeBundo, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, is a reporter at Syracuse and asked him why, you know, he didn't play some guy down the stretch uh, who was plus 11, uh, didn't play at the end of the game. And Beheim gives him all crotchety, all that's unbelievable. Uh, you know, that's normal for Syracuse people. And then he says something about how Anthony predicted that they weren't going to make the NIT or some BS, which was not true. Now, Anthony, to his credit, says, uh, I don't have a problem with Beheim sniping back at me and don't have a problem with him saying it doesn't change the game in the end. But I'm not doing my job if I don't ask why he pulled him. It's what people want to know. What I want to know is when is this guy going to retire? Get out of our lives, Jim Beheim. Grouse! A grouse for you! Yeah.